We're back with episode nine of the Masters of Horror series, season one, The Fair-Haired Child, directed by William Malone, written by Matt Greenberg. Uh, two interesting names. Yes. So, so not Masters of Horror. Well, I, yes, I would say this is within, you know, we've gone through the list. We get to this director. And when we ask the question, is this a Master of Horror? I feel like this is the first time when you look at it, you're like, no, that guy really didn't know. Um, William Malone is the director of the remake of The House on Haunted Hill, which, which I actually really like. Which is not good, like. but I am obsessed with. I like it. Did, I Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story about about Zach and I watching House on Haunted Hill? You did not. We might have talked about it on this show. So I don't own it, and I thought I did. And we were like, yes, we're going to watch this. Because I don't lisa loeb is in it anyways it's not i don't think it's good but i think it's wild and it's of a time like oh my god air quotes, so of, of a time. time so like i i like low-key really enjoy it but i was like okay we're gonna watch it and then I'm, i don't have it so zach's like oh i'm gonna download it and i you know so i don't always enjoy doing that uh-huh. but he was like okay well we'll download it so he, he he gets it off the internet and we watch it and i'm like this is feeling different I am probably 75% through this movie when I realize for some reason it's fucking out of order. What? I didn't realize this movie was out of order until it was almost over and I went, wait a second, that person's dead. How did they just show up? Wait, how does how does it even work? Like it was just somebody took the scene selection menu and scrambled it? I have no idea. It felt like somebody like a like a fucked up VHS tape. I don't know what happened. Art school project. So like a like an internet rip i have no idea but it was so weird Strange. and then i was like oh no is this movie really bad i couldn't tell that it was on <laughs> i don't think it's it's great but i think it's really fun uh i feel like it is so hampered weird. by some really bad cgi um we were i was trying to remember whether it was rated r or pg-13 because I it, it was r. i don't know it, it might be because it feels like it also kind of Did pulls a few punches Say that again. Didn't it have boobs in it? Yeah, but you can show boobs without it being an R. It's if you show boobs in an overly sexual context, then you're getting an R. Um, um, I know the second. Have you watched the second one? It's no. He didn't have anything to do with that one. I don't think did he? No, I don't believe so. But like, I don't know. It's for some reason we've watched it twice. Okay, I don't know. That's Emily, okay. I don't know. It's but okay. That one, it was it that was rated has... R violent boobs in it so violent i know boobs. yeah it like, whetted my appetite like boobs mixed with like horrific situations and then you can't like obviously it's a it's 100 percent an r so okay yeah i don't know i'm scrolling through the pictures of this one so yeah so i want to he... watch this movie right now <laughs> i kind of do too now um so his other stuff or his other a couple, couple of other things he did tv worked in tv a lot he did Two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. He did a couple of episodes of Freddy's Nightmares, which I've never actually watched. Um, some of his other films, Scared to Death and Creature, both of which I haven't seen. And then the other, um, like, the, his most recent at the time that he did this Masters of Horror episode was 2002's Fear.com. Fear.com. Yes, which I don't think is going to hold up very well in 2020, but I could be wrong. Probably not. So William alone, not I mean, I would say, yes, this is the one where you start to say, oh, they had to dig. They they didn't get all the names they wanted. 
Uh, the screenwriter for this episode is Matt Greenberg, who has a lot of horror credits to he his name. He is a master of horror. Yes. So screenplays for 1408, the Pet Cemetery remake, uh, Reign of Fire, H2O, or H2O. he was a co-writer on that. And my favorite of a franchise that is not very good, so saying my favorite doesn't say much, but still, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Yeah, uncredited. What's that all about? I don't know. I, I guess there was a lot of uh, mechanics behind the scenes and contractual stuff, perhaps. Interesting. So Yeah, he, he's got a wild filmography. Yes. He's got the 1408 screenplay and also, well, the Pet Cemetery one, obviously. But then Mercy, which is also a Stephen King thing. I don't know Mercy. So, like, is he, is he, do you think him and Mick Garris are like buds as that would they make sense. both? I believe that do a lot of king stuff maybe like I didn't... stephen king has barbecues and they're both theirs so then they end up talking to each other right like so while i don't love everything on this list this this list is very yeah. impressive to me like if this was my writing credits i'd be I, proud I, of myself like i'd, I'd pack it in yeah. be like i did it so um i had not seen this one when it aired is this the first time you watched it too um i'm gonna say yes okay I would say I came into this episode with the lowest expectations um, because at first I thought this was the one directed by the wrong turn guy. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, no, it's not that guy. It's, oh, the guy that did, ooh, that's his filmography, huh? And I, and it opens and one of the first things is a a young girl getting kidnapped and thrown in a basement. And I'm thinking, nope, this is not going to be good. Spoiler alert. I really like this episode. This is the best episode. It's good. Yes. Yes. so good i cried during this episode i was shocked i realized about maybe 15 minutes into it i'm like holy fuck i started yelling at the tv what i hope was gonna happen and then it happened Mm -hmm. it was wild things like that never happen i never go like oh i hope this is what the story does and then it does it because people don't usually care about what i like (laughs) they're like "Mm, yes we're gonna do something that the populace likes but then like it did shit and i was like i can't believe it's fucking doing this Mm -hmm. and then by the end i'm like standing up yelling at zach about how good it was crying (laughs) because I fucking love this episode. This, episode this is what I wish really good. they all were. Yeah. I, I am oh. shocked. I really like, I absolutely had the lowest expectations for this episode. Nobody talks about it. Um, William alone didn't come back for season two. Who knows why? And I was shocked by, holy fuck, this is really enjoyable. This is, is you're right. It did everything I wanted it to do once it, establish what it was doing and it had Lori yeah. Petty in it for fuck's sake and what what the fuck is this one it's so weird yeah. it's weird in the best in ways the best way. like so everything everything that Jennifer and chocolate and dear woman fucking kept recycling yeah this was like nah bitch we're not we doing that this. at yeah. all I must have screamed oh bitch at the screen a hundred times <laughs> because it kept it kept doing shit and I was like what is even happening and, and I think it took me it's weird because I think it took me about the same time that yep. it took you where I was like I feel like this story is being told inefficiently I feel like they're using their time poorly. Yeah, what is yeah. happening what is going on and then I was like oh no right they got there it <laughs> this felt is this might me, be the best thing it, yeah it, it felt very much like a Tales from the Crypt episode But except it had more heart. The difference being you did have comeuppance, right? Which you would have in a Tales from the Crypt episode. But the main difference was it had this 
actual heart to it. It had two likable characters who got to have growth and got to have an arc and got and were rewarded for it. So tell everybody what this this episode's about. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. But let me say this about that. If you know me or have heard the show at all, I have a big problem with the way the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy ended. I wish it had ended like this. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm with Star you. Trek. Um, so ba- basically you're right. It opens in a, in a concerning manner. There is a very sad girl and I'm not sure why she was like, I think I figured it out, but I don't think they really established why she was so sad. I was okay with it. So it's, um, Lindsay Pulsifer is the actress and you might recognize her as the only, the only, um, family member character on Law and Order SVU that I don't groan every time they show up. She plays Rollins's sister. Um, and normally on SVU, whenever it's like Olivia's brother and or it's Olivia's son, like every time there's a storyline involving their family, I get really annoyed, but I like her sister because she's just a hot mess and she's fun. So, um, that's the actress. The character's name is something Tara. Tara. And I think she's supposed to, I mean, she's like a 15 year old girl. And I guess the idea was that her mother doesn't give a shit about her and she's kind of isolated and doesn't have friends. Yeah, I will say my one there is a there is a moment in here where I get this character. Mm. And I guess my my only problem is I wish I had gotten something earlier yep. because I wanted like I ended up caring so much. I thought like, "Oh, you could have made me care sooner." Yeah. Because she's there was a little kind of too pretty in a way to be that yeah. character that everybody else is laughing at for no reason because I mean, yeah. I just needed to know why. Yeah. yeah, yeah and it felt it felt very it felt at the beginning it felt very withholding. Like, Fair. it wanted to, like, slow roll the information, so we didn't know exactly what we were getting. And I understand why, because, it, like, some of the reveals, quote-unquote, were super satisfying. Yes. But agreed. also, it got frustrating. Like, stop hiding from me what this is about. Mm-hmm. Fair. But those, these are nitpicks. But anyways, so this, this sad girl gets kidnapped, and we don't know why. She gets... She, they Lori Petty is pretending to be a nurse, and we're like, this ain't no hospital, there's a fireplace in here. And... <laughs> So she's like, oh, yeah, you're, like, in some other state, Vermont, I think, but you were supposed to be in Connecticut. Um, And then she calls her mom, and her mom's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Right. Which now I do. Like, now I know. Like, I don't – like, is your mom super abusive? Either way, she's, like, terrible. Yes. So so I get – they planted that seed, which is, like, good. And then – so then we find out, like, obviously Lori Petty's not good. She's bad, and this isn't a hospital. And our female protagonist is like, oh, what the fuck? And she gets thrown in a sterilist basement. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Here we go. Is this what we're going to do? Because, like, still, I'm, I'm, like, open to it, but I'm very – I'm untrusting of this series at this point. Same. And then there is a boy hanging. And I'm like – ghost house this is a go- i start screaming ghost house and zach is like this doesn't make any sense when how would he and i was like hear me out it's ghost house because it didn't make any sense like how did uh-huh. he get in this basement why was he ha-? anyway so she meets this boy and he can't talk and he writes to her with dust and it's very cute and um you get a slow roll about like that this is a spoilers everyone yeah and if you but- haven't watched this episode go watch this episode because it's very good don't listen to us. Go yeah. watch it and then come back and tell me how good it was. But so then we slow roll information about like how, which this had a lot of weird details. So Lori Petty and the man, Anton, the dad, are like, like concert. 
Yeah, she's like, a cellist and he's cellist. a pianist and they may be composers as well. What weird bit of information. Oh, I love it because it means we get scenes of them playing beautiful classical music. It's so weird. I yeah. really... I. So, but then again, there's a bit of my complaint. They went in hard with personal details for them, but we didn't get any for our female protagonist that we, like, I didn't know whose story it was. Mm -hmm. I was like, who am I supposed to care about? In the end, I think the answer is everyone. But, um, so, so we, we find out that their kid, whose name is Johnny, um, died because they weren't paying attention to him in a very Friday the 13th-esque way. And he dies and they're like, we are full on occultists. We we do devil shit. We are bringing this baby boy back from the mm -hmm. dead, which is wild and cool. And Emily, when I saw Lori Petty dressed like she was dressed, I I was like, Emily is gonna fucking die. <laughs> yeah, I was very excited. This. Yes, bitch has like a high neck black Victorian mm -hmm. dress on. What is going like? And I with her dress signature, like no hair, love it. I want to dress like that and haunt a neighborhood. Like yeah. that is a life goal now. She looked so cool. Yep. So. They're like, we have to kill kids to bring our son back because we struck a deal with this terrible right. thing. So they have to sacrifice one child a year for 12 years, I think is the idea. Which is like wild. Yeah. So, so like, she's like the 12th one. She's going to, this our female protagonist who's named Tara and I will never remember. But she, <laughs> she's like the last one. And she's in this basement with this dead boy. She finds out he's dead. I mean, it's obvious, but it takes her a minute. Um, she finds out he's dead, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, here, look at this wild book. This this per this bitch says, where do you even get a book like this? <laughs> that was the wildest line of dialogue I've ever heard in anything. Like, yes, where do you get a book? Anyways, so they explain where you get a book like this, and it's like a bunch of naked chicks with a devil dude. This is the best episode. <laughs> so, so she, like, so she's like, he's like, I... And so I started yelling at the TV at this point. Oh my God, he wants to die. He doesn't want to do this. He's yeah. not okay with this. He did not give consent to be brought back to life at the expense mm -hmm. of other children's lives. And that's why he was trying to kill himself when she first meets him. That is what this is about. Oh my God. I can't believe that that's what this episode is about. So like, there's this creepy, like demony thing with weird day glow eyes that actually looked really good. Oh, when it's it a wasn't good design. It's a good monster design. Like, occasionally you saw too much of it, but for the most part, it was, like, effectively creepy. And it's different, too. Yeah. It feels fresh. And it felt like a, like a, like a nature demon. Like, he was, like, yeah. natural, and that was cool. Um, but, like, he, so, like, Johnny is, like, I don't want this to happen to you. Like, I don't want to be part of this. I never consented to be brought back to life by my unhinged parents. And, but, like, this demon is going to come and kill you. You're going to get, you're going to come and get killed, and I can't stop this. And you're like, oh no, this is awful. So like, Tara, spoiling this and talking so much, I'm sorry. Go for so, it. so Tara gets killed by this demon, and like, like Johnny is like, motherfuckers, I struck a deal with this demon. I'm gonna bring Tara back to life, and I'm sacrificing you. Yep. It's so they good. only need, he only needed two sacrifices this time, and they didn't have to be kids. And I'm sacrificing you. And so he does. Yeah. He sacrifices the parents. And it's the coolest thing because Tara comes back to life. And he's like, Tara, I'm going to tell you everything that happened. And I'm not going to withhold information from yep. you, which I fucking love. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to, like, basically haunt this weird house. And also, all the trellises that had bones on them now have flowers on them. And it's so beautiful. It's and I cried so much. Yeah. 
And because they've established that she is a misfit and has a mother who doesn't care about her, you're like, yeah, now you guys just get to live. Like, you're fine. Like, you're 15. Like, yeah, make it work. Like, I get it. Like, you're both, like, ghosts or something? I don't know. I yelled ghost house. And I, I feel like they were alive at the end. I feel like they had both been brought... Because the whole... His whole deal was that he would be come back as a real boy. And so it would make sense that... Because that sacrifice was complete, so he did. And then he just did another one for her. So I think they're human. Wow. Yeah, like, it was so good. And at the end, he walks by their graves. Their graves say... Judith and Anton, not mom and dad. I fucking screamed. I loved that so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. Holy shit. This is so good. It is. And it there's a little bit of like there's there's like smart styling to it. Like when they're doing the flashbacks, they're black and white in this very theatrical way. Um, it worked really it does. well. Like there there's that whole like I forget there's a term for it like when uh, you know, the character is in the frame and, like, the, the camera zooms on them, but, like, doesn't nothing goes out of focus, like that thing. Yeah. Like, they do that. Like, it's very over the top, but it's smart because it works. So you get the – I mean, the very pretty realist, like, realistic as far as just, like, oh, it's grounded in reality when she's running from this crazy monster. But then side with that is this sort of more dynamic kind of um, high-concept filming style. And it works. And I like, too, that as much as when, you know, she's riding her bicycle in the woods in her, like, schoolgirl school uniform, and she gets chloroformed, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go, that it almost does that, and then just completely turns it on its head, because it's like, oh, yeah, that happened, but it, has, it totally isn't going where you think it is. Which I really appreciate. Yeah, same. Like, I, and I could easily see somebody watching this and being, this is about my, this, this is my com- big nonsensical complaint when I was talking about cigarette burns I feel like somebody could easily watch this and be like oh this is crappy because it doesn't do what they expected it to mm-hmm. do right. because because all of a sudden it's about this ghost boy that's nice and I don't want that but like bitch I do I want a ghost well, boy that's nice and it's funny that you say that because I always say I am not the biggest ghost story fan because for me, what tends to happen is... Oh, you wa- hate helpful ghosts. I don't like helpful ghosts. I find them not scary. Because the whole point is, like, a ghost is scary. I can't fight a ghost. Oh, it's a helpful ghost. They're not the bad guy. The guy that made them a ghost is a bad guy. Yeah. You have to kill that guy. Well, I can kill a guy. I can't kill a ghost. It's, it's, it's just a little scary. But in this case... Oh, I forgot that you didn't like that. I'm surprised that you enjoyed this. Well, because this is... I mean, it's just... It's a good story, and it's done well. And it's not... I mean, there's still a scary monster, um, Mm -hmm. but it just gives it heart when you realize, oh, the scary monster is this boy. Like, there's so much emotion in that because you care about this character and he's trying to do the right thing. And there is, there are still monsters. There's still a, a, a supernatural monster, but you also have the parents. And I mean, it's fucking Lauren Petty, which helps a lot. But yeah. so there is that other aspect of it where it didn't feel like I was getting ripped off by, oh, I thought I was getting a ghost story and I wasn't. Like, no, 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 I got a good ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a good point. Like, there was st- – it was, like, hard occultism. Yeah. Like, like, like worshipping something and, and praying to something and having something weird come out of the sky. Like, that still happened. Yeah, I get – so it doesn't undercut, like, the reveal – yeah. didn't undercut like what was actually happening 
That's that's interesting. I didn't even I didn't even that's so weird. Of course I liked this. I didn't even think of this as a helpful ghost <laughs> right, story. Right. I really didn't. Like it never entered my mind, but that's a hundred percent what it is. I'm very simple. <laughs> um it yeah, it was it was very earnest, especially at the end, like its resolution mm-hmm. was very earnest and very kind. But it like was kind, yeah. Kind in the way that I like, not kind in this like unrealistic way because like people still died like you can't bring those kids back those kids didn't come back to life and those parents are dead yeah but like it's also about like i i think there's something really powerful about the fact that their the parents grief was they never considered the child it was entirely their grief yeah yeah like he didn't want to be a part of it was incredibly selfish on their part and I really appreciated that. So, of course, there's, like, like lines you can draw to, like, growing up and leaving home mm-hmm. and, like, re- maybe realizing that the fa- your family doesn't reflect the same values as you do. Like, it's it's really interesting. But also, at face value, it's just, like, a cool story. It's a good story, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, House on Haunted Hill also has a helpful ghost. <laughs> I am, a, like, write a million helpful ghosts. I love it. I, I know you don't. Well, I mean, I, I think love when... It. Well, it's funny because I normally don't, but I like his helpful ghosts because yeah. because in a house on haunted the hill, it's not that all of the other because I mean you have vicious murdering ghosts, but then at the end you have spoiler alert the house on a haunted hill. If you haven't seen it, you have Chris Catan has become a ghost, but he's like he's still whatever he was in life. So he's like, oh, I'm not. I'm going to try to help you not die. <laughs> so and that's really interesting because it really does this whole like like not all ghosts for lack of a better but like not <laughs> Hashtag like, not all ghosts ghosts aren't mean and terrible it's right. like a reflection of the person in the circumstance like i am i am not a bad one yeah. of those it's interesting like of course there if there are good people and bad people why wouldn't there be good ghosts and bad yeah. ghosts i don't know i i really liked this one a lot I did too i was so surprised because even at a certain point, there's like the go- the kind of fair-haired child's doing this sort of shaky thing, which is very much what um, William Malone does in House on Haunted yes. Hill. And I'm thinking like, oh, wow, you're just going for it. But then I'm like, wait, but it's working. <laughs> so I'm yeah, that. it was it, this one was um, Zach and I talked a bit about this. This one was more stylish than they had they have been. Yeah. Um, and I, I did comment on the Stuart Gordon ones, the, his his shot composition yep. on uh Witch House was beautiful. I I feel like William Malone might, since he ha- seemed to have been working m- more recently, might have had a better grasp on on like different flourishes right. that you and could what, maybe what he get, what he had at his disposal. Yeah, well, like maybe used to work. Like I don't know. There well, was no, just something. I, about I think it you hit that... on something right there. William Malone has the most of all of those directors that we've really seen do a Masters of Horror, really, probably aside from Mick Garris, William Malone has the most TV credits. He directed this, episodes oh, of really Tales from the Crypt, Dream On, Pervasions of Science, The Big Easy, Honey, I Shrink the Kids, Sleepwalkers. Like, he did so much TV. And the thing is, when you're directing TV, you have different rules. You have a shorter time frame, which is really important. And if you are good at shooting fast, that will help you a lot in a series like this. And you have different kind of, you don't have the same bag of tricks that you would if you were making a $30 million movie. So I bet that really helped him to make this work. Because I mean, and it is very sparse, right? You have 
uh, what five characters really in it for the most part. You have one other which, scene with a with a bunch of people, and that's it. Which is really smart, and I know as someone who like prefers to write shorter fictional stories, it's. It, sometimes you feel trapped like you're like why do i keep writing two characters three characters mm. like because it, you want to do as much as you can and when you the more things you introduce the thinner everybody becomes mm. so sometimes like you kind of you're kind of bound by that a little bit and i feel like having a smaller cast and for all intents and purposes a single location yeah was was helpful i think um incident on and off a mountain road um benefited from that as well mm-hmm. I'd agree. having a very tight and small but then you get into something like jennifer and you're like this down at the station and now we're going <laughs> here and also over there and here's the insane so- asylum from dreams of the witch house it's just a lot yeah yeah, yeah. know your limits when you were it, it and in a way like that should have been the exciting thing for somebody like a john carpenter of okay here you're we're gonna give you a little bit of money to make this it's got to be short and it's not a movie, so don't feel like you have to make a movie. Do what you need to do in that time. And it's, in a way, I think the directors who weren't used to working with big budgets, like a Stuart Gordon and even like a Don Coscarelli and like William Malone, um, do a better job. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're yeah. not trying to take, oh, I make movies, let me just make a smaller movie. They're approaching it differently. And that makes a big difference in something like this. I agree. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's it was really yeah. Because I mean, you really were saying good. that on the last episode um, that this was starting to get hard for you, right? Yeah. So did this help turn tides and such? Um, for for sure, I didn't expect this, and I was really, really, yeah. really happy about it. Um, I'm glad that it panned out this way, and it it gives me. It, it's going to leave me with a better overall feeling mm-hmm. of rewatching them. Cause like, I don't know. Like I finally felt like, Oh, here's one for me. Like here's one that I'll like. And the next two coming up are ones I have very fond memories of. So even if those don't hit, like, I feel like I can still walk away. with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when next we meet, it will be sick girl. Then pick me up heckles tail and imprint. So it's an interesting little run. We got there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the last two at all. Oh. I haven't seen Heckle's Tale, but Imprint is it's something. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, do you have any more to say about Fairhaired Child? Um, I don't think so. This You should watch it, and then, yeah. like, it's fine if you don't like it, but, like, also it's different and cool. Also, I'm really sorry I keep saying bitch so much. I'm watching way too much Drag Race, and I'm by myself. <laughs> I hadn't noticed, but uh, I will I'm keep saying that in mind. It so much, and I wish I wasn't. And I'm so sorry. I just I'm not talking to other people. <laughs> We're gonna get through this. We will. That's it. I'm yeah. sorry if anybody was offended by my constant use, but forgive well, me. If if there is anybody that's allowed to use it, it's you. So, right? There's words we can't use. There's words we can. I don't want to hear a man say bitch, but I love it coming out of your mouth. I don't know. I Look, it's Drag Race. It's a term of endearment. I'm yep. saying it in a very loving way, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'll come back. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, hope you <laughs> bitches stay safe and healthy. What was it? Oh, yeah. At the beach today, they're having a Blonde of the Month contest. Blonde? Yeah, you know. 
Lime Beach Bunnies, California's finest. Freshman in my fourth year at UCLA, but my goal is to become a veterinarian because I love children. Because I'm a blonde. 